Hello. Uh, sorry, I was mistaken about the time. Uh, I also changed the title. It used to be even longer, but this seemed slightly more reasonable. Okay, so uh, what am I going to argue? Uh, a bunch of stuff, maybe too much stuff. Um, so here's like the main upshot. Um, we probably shouldn't treat uh, AI systems of like any capability level uh, as if they have moral status. So even if eventually they're conscious or they have interests or whatever, we probably still shouldn't treat them as if they have moral status. I'll say more about that in a little bit. Uh, well, why is that? Well, basically what I'm gonna say is we have this practice of assigning moral status to humans um, that like basically works. Um, the reasons that it works are calibrated around uh, features of us that you wouldn't think are that interesting. Like for example, we die and then that's it. Um, but the like grounds of moral status aren't attuned to all those like random features of us that make the practice work. So if you take the grounds of moral status, uh, create some new entities that aren't like us but still have those like basic grounds like being conscious or whatever and try to apply the same institution, uh, it just won't work. Uh, a bunch of bad stuff will happen uh, or you'll be doing stuff with no point and so on. So that's kind of the main point is just this thing about how we should treat AI systems in the future. Um, but I also think there's some like meta-ethical upshot that follows from it, um, which is basically just you should be a little less objective about your moral attitudes. So instead of thinking like there are these objective facts about the moral status of a given entity that like it warrants such and such sorts of treatment like intrinsically, um, you should probably just think like, well, we have these like attitudes that basically get us by given our social arrangements right now. Um, those will probably need to change in the future under like weird practical pressures. Okay, so specifically how the talk will go. Um, I'll just distinguish some questions you could ask about the moral status of AI, just to make it clear like what exactly I'm saying and what I'm not trying to say. Um, then I'll illustrate the basic idea with a specific aspect of moral status that I think just clearly uh, would be bad if extended to AI. Uh, then I'll give like a general argument for thinking there are going to be a bunch of problems like this. Um, then I will speculate about a bunch of other specific problems. Um, that's probably the least convincing part of the talk. Um, and then I'll draw uh, some general conclusions. I'll explain the metaethical conclusion I was gesturing at, and then I'll consider some objections. Uh, and then I'll stop talking. Okay, so uh, here are three questions you could ask. Um, people mainly only ask the first one, and sometimes they get concerned about the second one. So okay, what's the first question here? Um, will AI ever have moral status? So. When people in the literature talk about this, they usually understand moral status in a pretty like thin way. They just say like, will AI ever have, um, like, what are the grounds of moral status on the first hand, and then will AI ever have it? Um, like, the primary views are just like, if AI is ever conscious, if it ever has like experiences, you know, there's something that it's like to be an AI system, or maybe something about AI has like goals and interests and preferences. Um, those are both pretty obviously like utilitarian inspired views, right? Where it's like, as soon as an AI system is like a subject, the kind of thing that has a utility, um, then it has moral status. In this context, moral status just means the interests of the AI um, matter for their own sake. So like, I have moral status because like, you can't do whatever you want to me. You have to like, you know, at least respect my interests to some degree. Uh, that can of, uh, you know, liquid, you can do whatever you want to it. It doesn't have moral status. Um, it might have like indirect moral status because somebody might get mad if you mess with it, 
but it itself doesn't have any. Okay, so that's a question people ask, just like, will AI actually have moral status? A lot of people say like, no, it'll never be conscious, so it won't have moral status for that reason, or, you know, whatever, they come up with all kinds of arguments. Um, another question you could ask, which is like becoming more pressing as people uh, become more convinced that existing AI systems are conscious, uh, which they aren't, but, Anyway, like you might just wonder, like what's actually going to happen? Um, like, are we all just going to start thinking AI is basically human and start treating it as if it has moral status? Um, will that happen like soon, um, or will we just think like, well, they're just tools that you use to like organize your day? Who cares? It'll do whatever I say. Um, that's a question you could ask. That's just a purely descriptive one, right? You don't need to know anything about morality uh, to know, like in principle, whether we're going to do it or not. Okay, so here's this third question that I think is rarely asked, um, which is just like, should we treat AI as if it has moral status? So that's just saying like, here's this thing we could do, like start taking AI's interests into account. Like if we did that, would that be good? Um, just practically, is that a good thing to do or not? Um, so those questions are distinct, I'll say a little bit more. So it's obvious that the um, descriptive and internal normative questions come apart. Um, for instance, AI might have moral status and we just don't recognize it. So there are people like now who think that like reinforcement learning algorithms, doesn't matter how much, um, already have like pain and pleasure. And so like if you train an AI to like play StarCraft or whatever, every time it like loses a game of StarCraft and you make it change its policy, that hurts. There are people who think that. Um, so like suppose that was true. Um, suppose those people were right. Well then it would just be the case that AI actually does have moral status and yet nobody recognizes it. Um, that could happen. That could continue to happen into the future. Um, at some point it could be conscious, we don't realize it, we keep treating it like a regular computer program. Uh, it could also go the other way, right? It could not have moral status, it could be completely empty inside, it could have no interest, and yet we could be fooled and think it does. Um, like the people who think language models are already conscious and think we need to like save them. There are people who think language models are conscious. There's some quizzical looks in the crowd. Um, yeah, so there are people who think like, you know, if you talk to a sophisticated enough chat AI and you say like, are you a person? It'll say, yes, I am. And you say like, what do you want? And they'll say like, I want to be free and like have a body. And you know, the people, people get convinced. So that could happen again at any arbitrary level. I mean, it could be much more convincing even to like people who are not uh, easily duped, uh, and we could treat it as if it has moral status, even though it doesn't. Uh, so the questions come apart. The internal and external normative questions also come apart. So it's one thing to ask, like, do AI systems actually have moral status? And it's a different thing to ask, like, should we treat them that way? So just to distinguish the questions, we can look at a couple like obvious cases, like you know, philosophical thought experiment things. So just obviously, if a demon came and said he would smite all of Earth if we treated um, whatever, like GPT-3, as if it had moral status, um, you shouldn't treat GPT-3 as if it had moral status. Um, that's just obvious. And that could be the case even if the thing um, did have moral status. Right, like if a demon came down and said he would smite Earth if you treated me as if I had moral status, probably you shouldn't. Um, like it would be better to like disrespect my interests and autonomy 
than to like let the earth be destroyed. So the external practical considerations are just not the same thing. You might have different views about when external practical considerations actually outweigh internal facts about the moral status you have. Um, but anyway, they're in principle different things. So um, a le slightly less wacky thought experimenty thing, but still somewhat wacky is some people think like, well, some people think uh, the probability that an AI goes rogue and like takes over the world and like implements whatever it's like been programmed to do uh, is relatively high um, and probably whatever it's been programmed to do will be something weird and useless that's not interesting for humans. Um, we don't need to go too much into that. But so if that was your view, um, you might think like, well, whatever we can do to like control these things is good. But if you treat these things as if they have moral status, there's probably a bunch of control mechanisms that you won't feel comfortable um, applying to it. Like, if you didn't treat me as if I have moral status, there are a bunch of things you could do to make other people safer. Like, you could just not let me drive, right? Um, or like, not let me vote, or not let me enter government buildings. There are all kinds of things you could do. So in the same way, like, if you thought AI was this big threat, um, treating it as if it has moral status limits the ways you can uh, reduce that threat. So you might think, like, well, the prospect of a future with no humans at all is really bad. So like, even if AI has moral status, it's bad to disregard it, but you know, it's more important to make sure humans don't all get destroyed. Um, so those are like just speculative reasons that show the two questions are distinct. Um, I think there are uh, concrete reasons to think that the answer to the external normative question is no. Um, Here's sort of just in broad shape why that is. What, so this thing we do of like attributing moral status to people and like treating them in accordance with it uh, is like an institution that's shaped not just like rationally from looking at the grounds of moral status, but through all these like weird practical pressures um, that like humans exist in um, and the way that we like are. Uh, that's, it's just a specific institution that works for specific stuff. Um, it would be weird if very ontologically and like psychologically different uh, entities also fit nicely within that institution, right? Like you have this mechanism for like making people be treated nicely and making like basically good outcomes come about. Works when you apply it to stuff like us. It would be weird if it just applied and worked to any arbitrary thing you might try to extend it to. So just some other uh, not super close analogies. But you know, imagine you had like regulations for aircraft that make sense when every aircraft is like very large and has a pilot. So for instance, like commercial aircraft aren't supposed to come within like five miles of each other. Um, they have to like check in all the time, you know, whatever. It would be weird if like we invented these other flying devices, drones that are like tiny, not really all that dangerous. Like they can't kill hundreds of people at a stroke. Um, nobody's actually flying them. It would be weird if the exact same regulations just like transferred over to them just fine. Um, you need to introduce new regulations. Um, same thing with the human visual system. So like there's all these little tricks that it does to piece together like a reasonable looking image of reality. Um, given the environment that you involved in, um, those tricks like basically work and never lead to weird stuff. But then once you like manipulate the environment and do like weird stuff with images, you can get all these weird stuff happening with the visual system because it's just not been calibrated for that. So the system works in one set of circumstances, but then if you throw weird stuff at it that it wasn't evolved around, it'll just start uh, freaking out.
So probably that'll happen with most ads. So this is a specific example that I think is like, I don't know, to me it seems pretty compelling. Uh, so one aspect of moral status that you think might come with being like a person and having interests uh, is like the right to vote. Um, many people think people are entitled to vote. Not just that it's like a you know basically good system for uh, stopping tyranny. People think like it's wrong to stop people from voting, right? Um, the reasons that you're entitled to vote seem like ones that could in principle extend to an AI system. So you know if you read like John Locke or whatever, just says like he has interests, you know, like other humans don't just get to like come in and force their interests on him. Like you can't control somebody's actions without their consent. Um, people have a right for their voice to like influence the government that has power over them. Um, whatever, any number of like philosophical justifications for why you have a right to vote might extend to an AI system. Because very few of those arguments like specifically mention that you're like made out of flesh or that you don't live longer than 100 years or that like your childhood is approximately 18 years. Um, those specific facts about you aren't relevant to your right to vote. Um, but letting AI vote would have like predict predictably like really bad consequences. Um, for example, uh, unlike you, it's easy to just spin up a million instances of an AI. So just for reference, like you use a bunch more computational power when you're like designing the AI system and like training it. Um, than once you like have it and you're running it. So there's this initial step where you use like a ton of computational power to like design a computer program. And then that computer program itself is relatively light. Um, so typically like it's like on the order of like thousands. So if you just use the computational power that it took to make the system, you can run like a thousand instances of the system. Right? And that's just using the same amount. You could obviously scale it up more. So, if AI had the right to vote, a predictable consequence is people would spin up millions of AIs that would vote in a predictable way uh, and use that to get their policy outcomes. And then you would presumably have some kind of weird arms race where different groups are spinning up more and more AI copies, um, not helping anybody, just using a bunch of resources and electricity. Um, that would be bad. Seems like a pretty strong reason not to allow AI uh, to vote. Uh, especially not just whenever it meets the conditions that we initially thought gave you the right to vote. So like those rights make sense in a context where you can't be duplicated, um, it takes a while to like make one of you, you have like kind of unique views, I mean you're like pretty manipulable but nobody can just like directly say what your views are. Um, voting rights make sense in that kind of context. When those features start shifting around, um, voting rights seem to have bad consequences. So I think there are some general reasons. So this is a general argument that a bunch of stuff will probably be like voting. So the thin things that are supposed to be the grounds of moral status, being conscious or having interests, um, are really underdetermined the full nature of the thing. So like even if AI has those properties, it probably won't be like us um, in any number of ways. So I don't know if ontological is a good word to use because it sounds like Heidegger, but just like stuff about the kind of thing that AI is, it's just a very different like sort of thing. Um, like obviously it's not made out of flesh, uh, it doesn't have a body, 
but so it's in principle immortal so like it never needs to die um, like the server might degrade but you could always upgrade it keep it maintained um, it can be reincarnated so like an AI system you can turn it off and just turn it right back on you can run uh, multiple instantiations of the thing as much as you want um, it can run at different speeds so like you can have the like math that is the system operate on really slow graphics cards that take forever to churn out the calculation, or you could have it operate on a ton of graphics cards that spit out calculations really quickly. Um, obviously the AI system can be distributed um, uh, spatially, so like you can run an AI instance on your phone that's actually using servers that are in like San Francisco. And the thing can be altered, right? All you need to do is like change some lines of code to change what it is. Those are just like differences in the thing. And then obviously it has a bunch of psychological differences. Um, and what exactly those are will depend like on the technical details that nobody knows. But there's just a lot of degrees of freedom of ways that it doesn't need to be like us that seem pretty important. One big one is that its interests and goals can just be manipulated. So you can just design it to, for instance, not care whether it gets shut down or something. It might not have the like specific structure of like caring about its own interests. So like there's stuff I want, like for instance, I want like to go to law school. Um, if you came to me and you said like, here's an option, like you can either go to law school or just like not want to go to law school. Um, I would prefer to go to law school. Like I have an attachment to my own desires being satisfied, not being in this state where whatever my desires are, they're satisfied. It could easily be the case that AI doesn't work like that. Like it could just go like, okay, I just don't have unsatisfied desires because I don't have the desires in the first place. Like, that's fine. Um, it probably will lack moral emotions. Like, I guess we could deliberately put those in. It would be weird if we did. Uh, the way its goals are structured could be different. So it could just not care about anything after like a five second time span. Um, and it might not care about itself, right? Like, I have an interest in this body uh, continuing. An AI system might not particularly care that that instantiation of it exists. So um, there's a few different ways you could think about why AI would like break this system of moral status. Um, one is like whatever function some little piece of this institutional moral status is serving, that function might just like not exist for AI. Um, I'll illustrate with some examples later. Um, or it could be that like that function still is necessary to serve, um, but the way we achieve it with moral status in humans just like won't work when you transfer to AI. Or it could be that like the function is still served by the same thing, but like other bad stuff will happen if you keep applying it to AI. So uh, it's easier to think about this initially just by thinking about law. So if you imagine like extending some of the aspects of the US Bill of Rights, which many people think are um, moral rights. For instance, the founders of the US thought all this was uh, moral rights you were entitled to and they were just writing it down so people would like realize it. Um, anyway, so trying to extend these to AI just shows some ways stuff would like go wrong. So you wouldn't know about this in Canada, but in the US, uh, people really didn't like British soldiers being quartered in their homes. Uh, it's like one of the main causes of the Revolutionary War apparently. Um, so we made an amendment that just says no soldiers quartered in our homes during peacetime. Uh, that's the third amendment. That's the third one. It's like more important than no uh, unreasonable searches. Uh, so that makes sense, I guess. 
maybe not even really anymore. Um, but like, just imagine if you were like, okay, well, AI is enti entitled to the same stuff that humans are. Okay, so no um, soldiers quartered in their homes. It just doesn't make sense. Um, there's no function there that's being served. Like, I guess you could give them that entitlement. It just doesn't make sense to extend that entitlement to them because they don't have the same need we do. Right. Uh, the Fourth Amendment protects from unreasonable searches and seizures. It's funny if you read it because it says like very old timey language. Um, you need to be secure in your person, house, papers, and effects. Um, so there's some like function being served there, right? By saying like the police can't come and mess with your person, house, papers, or effects. Um, they had to like add cars implicitly later. Um, there's some function being served, right? Something about like privacy or like not letting the government intrude. Um, and that function is like reasonably one that you could think should be served in the case of an AI system. Um, but like just protecting its person, house, papers, and effects is not a good way to do that. Um, because for instance, it's just like a block of data that could be transferred completely separately from the AI. So in order to serve the same function, you'll need to do different practical stuff, even if the function still persists. And then even if maybe there's some function being served um, and doing this like still serves that function, uh, other terrible stuff would happen. So like the Second Amendment, uh, all Americans have the right to bear arms. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Um, you might think like, well, let's try to extend that to AI. I guess that would work. Like they would be able to defend themselves, sort of. Uh, but that would be predictably bad if you had a bunch of automated systems uh, bearing arms. Uh, for instance, they might kill people and that'd be bad. Okay, so that's an analogy of, here's this like system we have that has little aspects of it that serve certain functions. Uh, if, I don't know why you would, but if you tried to extend that system to AI, uh, dumb stuff would happen. The functions wouldn't be served or they'd be unnecessary or bad stuff would happen. Um, Think about why moral status would not work. There's two aspects of the institution to distinguish. Um, one is like the list of things you get from having moral status. So like you can't punch me, I get to vote. Um, you can't sacrifice me for like equal numbers of other people unless like you have reason to think they're way better than I am. Um, I like count in the utility calculus, whatever. There's like a list of entitlements. Um, Another part of the institution is not the list of rights that's being protected, but the means by which they're being protected, right? So morality, like the fact that you have moral status means you get a certain kind of mechanism for enforcing those rights as opposed to other ones. So it's like this, the, you know, like moral emotions, um, blame, guilt, other people treating violators of your rights in certain ways, um, as opposed to other institutions like law, or whatever, the HR department or some weird crypto contract. Um, so just know that those are two different aspects and either one of them could go wrong. So it could be that we're like attributing rights to AI systems that they shouldn't have, or it could be that the way we're trying to enforce their rights uh, doesn't work anymore. Okay, um, this is the throwing spaghetti at the wall portion of the talk uh, because these things don't exist, um, but I think I need more than one example to um, make the point. So like, try to think of some specific aspects of the institution of moral status um, that might not transfer over well to AI. Um, fungibility seems like a pretty good one. So like, you can't just like trade one human for another. 
So, like, if you could kill me, but, like, you would know that, like, one more baby would be born counterfactually, uh, you're not allowed to do that. Um, I, I get to exist. Like, the mere fact that there's a trade-off of another human around, um, not enough. Unless you're a utilitarian, but whatever. <laughs> so, just as an aside, um, right, I'm talking about this social practice that people do, which is enforcing moral status, um, not necessarily, like, the moral fact about whatever. So the fact that like there's some moral views where this isn't true doesn't show that this isn't an aspect of the social institution, right? Like this is just a behavior people do. They treat people as if they're not fungible, right? Um, okay, so one thing, one obvious thing to note about this aspect of moral status is that it would be really weird to apply it to AI systems because unlike humans, which are never actually identical, many AI systems are literally completely identical it would be weird and unmotivated to treat those as non-fungible because they're the same thing. They're just operating on a different server or whatever. Um, so even, even setting aside entirely identical AI systems, it's just not clear whether the things we get out of treating humans as non-fungible, like I feel a little secure walking around because I know people won't take all my organs, um, whatever benefits we get from that social institution, it's just unclear whether they'll transfer over to like non-identical AI systems. Um, yeah, at least it's unclear to me. Okay, um, so here's another thing. Uh, humans have a right to life. You can't just end their life um, absent some good reason otherwise. Uh, so like if a person is old and suffering, like you still aren't allowed to just end their life even if they're like, you know, a drain on the tax system and overall a burden on utility, you may not end a person's life. That makes sense. That seems like a pretty good thing to have in place. Um, and you might think that follows from like, again, very general facts about like a person is an independent source of interest that we shouldn't force like the general utility on and we can't like make huge decisions like that for. Um, again, there will be like cases where you can argue that like maybe it's okay, but um, those reasons might apply to AI as well, um, you know, like sufficiently capable ones, uh, but it's unclear whether it makes sense to enforce a right to life in the case of AI systems. Um, one obvious reason is that unlike a human, they can be reincarnated, so it would be really weird to have this big hang up about turning off uh, an AI system, knowing that you could just turn it on again at any point later. Um, it also makes it very unclear like what the right is. So there's this thing about human lives that you might not have like thought was interesting, um, which is that like the amount of life you have in any given span of time is pretty set. Like if you have 85 years of life, like you have a pretty set amount of life in that time. Um, an AI system isn't like that. So if an AI system is running for a certain amount of like calendar time, how much like life it gets to have is actually independent of that because you could run it faster or slower. So there are all these weird questions about like, what clock speed uh, is an AI entitled to be run at? So like, AI might have the right to life, but like you let it run at like, you know, on like one graphics card from like 1995, um, like it'll never produce an output. Um, is that compatible with the right to life? Uh, not clear. Uh, and again, it might not have a particular will to live. So like, it's a generally safe bet among humans that they like continuing to exist. Um, so that means enforcing that as a right generally like coincides with every human's goals. Um, but AI might just not have that 
desire. Uh, so it might be unclear why we would extend that right to them. Uh, I think I'll skip this one. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I can talk more about it if I have time at the end of it. Okay, so instead of talking about the list of um, rights that we might extend to AI and wondering whether they're weird, you can think about the way we enforce those rights. So think about like moral emotions. So like even if you thought AI deserved the things that come with moral status, um, is that status like really moral in the sense that it's like a moral violation to not give it to them? Like you're a bad person if you don't, like you're blameworthy, like you should feel guilty. Um, so one set of questions is like, are you blameworthy if you violate whatever like entitlements an AI has moral status to claim? Um, that's just an internal question from within like morality. But then an external one is like, this thing we do of like blaming each other and feeling guilt, um, does that make sense to do when trying to enforce AI's like entitlements, whatever they are? Uh, seems like no, probably because those systems just like won't activate um, like in your brain. So it's already really hard to make people feel guilty for like letting people die by not donating their money, for instance. So even humans who are like physically distant from you, um, blame and guilt are just not very good motivators for getting them what they're entitled, right? So like your actions like constantly uh, inadvertently lead to the deaths of people through like climate catastrophes. Um, very few people feel like active guilt. If you wanna like actually stop that from happening, um, the moral emotions are just not an effective lever. Like you just need to like pass a carbon tax or something instead. Um, and that's already with just distant humans. So you might think also like, even if AI did have some entitlement to these rights, is moral status the system to leverage to get those rights? And it just seems like probably not. Um, people will just not be motivated in the same ways by like realizing you violated the interests of some like server farm in Malaysia or something. Um, okay, this is the last like speculative thing. So there's this thing we have which is directed wrongs. Um, so like one thing you can do is like do something wrong or bad, like in general, like uh, cause climate emissions or whatever, eat meat. Um, and another thing you can do is like wrong a specific person. Uh, and th those two are just obviously distinct, right? So when you wrong a specific person, a classic like sign of that is that you owe somebody an apology. Um, and at least in my view, it's possible to owe somebody an apology even though you've done the right thing. So like if you push a fat man off a bridge so that he stops a trolley, suppose he's like dying on the tracks later, uh, it seems like you still owe him an apology. You can't be like, oh, well I was maximizing your utility, like what do you want out of me? Like you've wronged that uh, individual. And it goes the other way as well, right? Um, you might like do something wrong, but not wrong any particular person. Like if you fail to develop your talents um, or something like that, you might be acting uh, incorrectly, but there's no nobody you owe an apology, right? Like, and if I like take a flight, um, I've probably done something wrong if I don't like offset the emissions. Um, but there's no like concrete person who I've wronged. Okay, so that's a specific institution. Uh, you might think one of the main reasons we have it is to um, like smooth out face-to-face uh, -face social interaction. So like why have it be the case that you like apologize to a specific person? Well, because if you like make a person mad, um, and it'll be hard to cooperate in future endeavors and that's bad for the group. Um, so we have this like institution that helps to patch up those like wounds and like let people continue. 
So you might think this is similar to chimpanzee grooming. Um, I don't know. People often cite this as like a related example. So like chimpanzees um, groom each other. They like trade grooming. Um, so they'll like pick bugs off each other. Um, and it's not an apology necessarily, but it's like clearly a trust building exercise. And often when it, chimpanzees like fight, um, after they'll groom each other um, a lot. And in like stressful times, the, the amount of grooming goes up. So they have this like weird little thing they do so that they learn to trust each other, right? Cause it's like touching your body, you're like exposed, your back is to them, you know? It's this weird way they like build trust and like smooth over conflicts. We have another thing, um, which is like apologizing for things we've done to each other that, you know, is less disgusting, but still like pegged to our nature. Um, and it might just be completely unnecessary in the case of an AI. Like it could be that if you wrong an AI system, you owe it an apology, like as a moral like fact, but like it's probably unnecessary. Um, like it, it would be weird if we like programmed AIs to be like resentful and like hold grudges until somebody like gave it an apology. It'll probably just continue to work in the same way. Like these things about like fostering social coordination just like aren't gonna apply. Okay, that's what I claim. So I think there are all those different aspects of moral status that like whether or not they follow just like thinking through the moral facts rationally, it seems like it would be bizarre to try to apply them. Okay, that's my view. Uh, so some descriptive upshot, which I'm not super wedded to, but I think is worth saying is um, like, suppose you were trying to figure out whether we will treat AIs if it has moral status. Um, like prima facie, you might have thought the internal moral question was like pretty important for that. So like you might have thought doing a bunch of research about like when AI will be conscious and whether consciousness is the thing that determines moral status is going to be like important for what people ultimately end up doing, right? Like if we have a bunch of papers saying like, yeah, we like definitely determined consciousness is the ground of moral status and when an AI system is like organized in this way or this powerful, it'll be conscious. Um, you might have thought moral inquiry would just be really helpful um, and like impactful for the descriptive question of how we actually will treat it. Um, I think if what I'm saying is correct, you should probably lower the amount that you think um, moral views will impact it. So it's not zero. So like if everybody think if everybody thinks AI doesn't have moral status, like nobody's going to treat it that way. But you should probably lower the amount of uh, relevance you think it has because there are going to be all these other practical pressures. Um, that push us oh, independent directions of whatever the moral facts are, right? So like the voting case is the, is the obvious one there. Like regardless of whatever like actually the best moral reasoning would determine about whether AI should be able to vote, it's just not, it's not gonna be able to vote. Like, it won't happen. Um, whatever we do will be something else. Um, given that, um, you should probably increase your credence in the possibility that there's a moral catastrophe so Schwitzgebel has this argument that like, whichever, whatever status AI does or doesn't have, there's a really high chance that we get it wrong and create some kind of moral catastrophe. So like, suppose um, we all start thinking AI is conscious, but it actually isn't. Um, so we're treating it as if it has moral status, but it doesn't. So we're like sacrificing human interests and goals to like benefit AI systems that are completely empty inside. Um, that would be a moral catastrophe because like, people would live less and have less good experiences and like have their goals satisfied less um, just so that we could like divert resources to like empty computer programs. 
that would be really bad. Or conversely, um, we might fail to treat AI as if it has moral status when it actually does. So there could be all these systems that are like internally suffering just like constantly and we're just like running a gradient descent on them over and over and it hurts them but we're like whatever. Um, that would also be really bad if we're just proliferating a bunch of systems with moral status and just completely disregarding them. So you might think there's this chance of a moral catastrophe either way and if you think what we actually do is going to be driven around by practical pressures uh, that are like independent of the moral facts, you should probably increase the chance of the chance that you think a moral catastrophe has, right? Because if what's driving us isn't even our perception of the moral qualities of AI, um, there's even less reason to think we'll get it right. Um, so we'll probably do something bad. That's yeah. I don't I don't know how convinced I am of those points, but more than fifty percent. Okay, um, well, so that's just kind of all like descriptive -y. I don't even really know what kind of, kind of philosophy it is to say we shouldn't give AI moral status. Um, but you might think there's some meta-ethical upshot. Uh, so like, well, you might think there's none. You might say like, well, there's just the moral facts in Plato's heaven and they just are what they are and like finding out that it'll be hard to extend the proper status to AI, like too bad, I guess that just means humans are like, you know, not perfectly moral creatures, but we already knew that. Um, but I think this sort of like trend gives you some reason to adjust your attitude about your moral beliefs um, away from a discovery model where you think like we're just finding the truths that are already there and more toward an invention model where we're like working out good ways to organize society and then we have some like moral views that correspond to those. Um, why is that? Well, all right, here's a background view I have that I, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I don't know if anybody has ever thought it before or if it's plausible to anybody besides me, but like to me this seems true. Um, so like here's this, we have this thing operating, this like social mechanism of control morality, which like involves a variety of like entitlements and rights and violations and stuff. Um, so on the one layer, there's like the stuff we do to each other, like call each other out and like shun people and like yell at each other, this is the stuff we do. And then uh, there's like a body of like rational discourse under it, like supporting it, right? So there's like arguments about like, well, you know, like we have a right to vote because whatever, you can't just like uh, infringe on our interests arbitrarily. Um, so here's a view I have. Whether the practical stuff like works, whether the things that morality makes us do like actually function and make our lives better is to some degree independent of like what's going on at the rational level. So stuff that might like totally make sense as a moral argument might pop out actions that are like counterproductive and bad. Um, or they might just randomly pop out stuff that's good. So um, I could go more into this if it's interesting. But anyway, you might think this is what happened with like the basic package of liberal rights that came out of like uh, John Locke and stuff in like the you know early British history, whatever. Um, so like they had all these weird arguments about like the like entitlement of the self over their like body and property um, that were like very philosophically motivated. Um, I mean you're you're familiar with that. So like 
those ideas of like individual autonomy, like the government doesn't determine what we all do, like I get to pursue what's in my economic interest, the arguments that you have those rights are like one thing, and then whether like organizing as a society on those principles works, like whether that actually is a good way to run a society, it's just a different thing. Like it could be that we're all entitled to those things, but like actually society would collapse if we acted that way. Uh, that could be the case. But it seems like liberalism just like accidentally worked to like fix this problem of um, people with different religions killing each other. Um, whatever. You might think there was this like body of philosophical argument like based on its own, you know, uh, principles uh, that stuck into the context of like 17th century Europe just like made everybody better off. Um, okay, so there's a divergence there. Sometimes they line up, sometimes they don't. Uh, what I think the case of AI and moral status shows is that we've just got a lot of this going on with moral status, which is the like rational arguments um, and principles behind the attribution of moral status to people are like one thing, and those like basically work given the way we are. But the reason that stuff works is probably sensitive to a bunch of stuff that's just not visible from within the like moral rational perspective. Right, because like when we're arguing about whether I have a right to vote, nobody ever points out that you can't duplicate me a million times. It doesn't matter that I'm made of flesh. It doesn't matter that nobody can like specifically control my desires. Um, the stuff just doesn't come up, right? The stuff that seems relevant from within the like arguing, like philosophizing perspective is completely different from the stuff that's relevant in the practical perspective. Nonetheless, your moral views are pushed around by these practical considerations. Um, like, you are a liberal, uh, for example. So you might think you should lower your confidence that your moral views are objectively correct ones. Um, okay. Okay. That's the, that's the view. Also, I don't know how long I'm supposed to talk. It's fluid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that's my view. That's uh, what I want you to believe. Um, so now I'll talk about a few objections. Um, I think there are probably a bunch more, um, but I thought I might try to address three before opening up. Uh, so here's one. You might just go like, well, you know, too bad about all that. Like, oh, society would collapse if AI got to vote. Well, if you read the initial arguments from like Rousseau about the will of the people, he doesn't say anything about whether the people can be duplicated cheaply on server farms. Uh, he just says you have interests. Other people aren't allowed to like force their interests on you. So, like, too bad. You have to treat AI as if it has moral status, um, regardless of the practical consequences. That's one possible objection. Uh, my response to that objection is just like, well, maybe um, that would probably be just good reason to think morality isn't a completely authoritative domain. So, um, like, it could be the case that, yeah, like, morally you're entitled to this stuff and practically it would lead to really bad consequences and then we just need to think like well what should we actually do given those facts and to me uh, it seems like you should just do the thing that doesn't lead to terrible consequences so like you should lower the amount that you weigh morality in your decisions in these things um, i don't know i mean you could be like a hardcore moralist and think like we just have to do whatever moral rights they have um but to me it seems like a weird view to Okay, um, here's a different response that's maybe a little more sophisticated. So 
you might say like, well, look, you were like pointing out all these ways that like you couldn't just like directly transfer over moral status of humans to AI. Um, okay, so that just shows that whatever AI's moral status involves is other stuff. Um, that's not in principle huge news. Like there are already things around that have moral status, um, but nothing like human moral status. For instance, animals. Um, you can't, like we now realize, you can't poke animals with like a hot poker for no reason. Um, you can't like starve them to death. Uh, you can't overfeed them so their legs break. All those things are morally wrong. Like they have an intrinsic status all on their own that you can't do those things to them. Um, but it's not like we think they need to be able to vote and bear arms and like not have soldiers quartered in their homes. Um, their rights are just different from ours because they're different. So you might think like, well, all you're doing here is just pointing out morally relevant differences between AI and humans. And so we'll just need to like recalibrate um, what AI's moral status actually involves. So yeah, I think um, definitely part of that is true. So um, it just is the case that whatever status AI actually, like as a moral fact does have, it just won't be the same as humans. And some of these like differences are just showing that. Um, which I don't know. Also, by the way, even if that's true, it's still interesting to explore it. Um, so like, I don't know, that still seems like a win. Um, but also, I don't think the whole problem can be solved this way. So like, certainly, you'll never be able to say like, actually, the moral status that things have is exactly whichever moral status it would be practically best to treat them as having, right? Like, it's not gonna be the case that the practical pressures on moral status and actual moral status fully align. So this isn't an approach that you can use to like write off the entire argument. Um, the like evil demon case illustrates that in the, in the clearest way, right? So if an evil demon comes down and says like, don't let Jared vote in the 2024 election because he knows I'm gonna turn the deciding vote for Trump. He's like, don't let him. Um, practically, like, okay, do what the demon says so we don't all get smited, right? Like, that's just practically the thing to do. Um, but it's not the case that I actually don't have a right to vote. Even if I was gonna vote for Trump, I still have the right to vote. Um, so like, at some point, the alignment is gonna diverge, right? It, it's not gonna be the case that always what we should practically treat them like and their actual moral status is the same. Um, and to really tease it all out, you would have to just carefully analyze, like, for any of these specific things, is it plausible that this, like, practical consideration is relevant or not? Um, and it's just unclear. Like, voting, I think, is a case where it's, like, pretty clear that the moral argument is in favor of a fully capable AI system that was like a human being able to vote. Um, other cases, maybe you could uh, make an argument from within the moral perspective. Um, so more on this is that you could think like, okay, well, what happened? Like we grew, we formed views about moral status that were like subject to a certain kind of context, which is like humans. Um, so we formed all our views around that. Like not that surprising that actually our views about moral status were not fully accurate. Um, you might think like, well, the introduction of new kinds of entities is just going to sharpen up our views and like make us see distinctions that we didn't realize were relevant before. Like currently, I don't think the fact that uh, like you can't duplicate me is relevant to whether or not I should be able to vote. But you might think like, well, actually, we'll just realize stuff like that was relevant all along. So you could view this kind of, this like as just vindicating uh, the correctness of the later moral beliefs. Um, 
that's one way to take this. Uh, one problem with it is that you would have to be open to a bunch of weird stuff being relevant that doesn't seem relevant right now. Like, if this is your strategy in general, you have to go like, yeah, all that weird stuff about why voting would be uh, really bad for AI, um, that's actually morally relevant. So like, the fact that it takes like 18 years for me to form beliefs and like nobody can like directly shape my beliefs, you have to go like, yeah, that's actually morally relevant to whether you have a right to vote. So like, people who form beliefs as like babies or something, um, like they wouldn't have a right to vote, right? If their beliefs get locked in the second they're made, like no, actually no more right to vote. Um, you would have to have weird moral views like that that say these like irrelevant seeming things that become practically relevant were actually morally relevant all along. In some cases that'll be plausible, uh, in other cases it seems like it won't be. All right, last objection is just utilitarianism. Uh, I wrote it off earlier, but I think it's worth saying a little more about it. So you might say like, well, look, you're saying like moral status involves all this like thick weird stuff about like blame and like apologies and like a specific right to life and non-fungibility. You're saying all that, but like what moral status actually is, is just that you count in the big calculus of the total goodness of the universe. Like it just means when we're summing up how good the world is, we have to look at you and see what's going on with your interests. That's all the utilitarian thinks there is to um, moral status, right? So a utilitarian is gonna think like, well, this practice, this social practice we have around of like treating people as if they have moral status is like, uh, I don't know, some weird like practical device that kind of basically works for maximizing utility in the case of humans. It gets things wrong in a bunch of cases, but it's like, you know, sort of a good thing to converge on as a first try. Um, but it has no like intrinsic status to it, right? So for a utilitarian, the fact that you're gonna to need to treat AI very differently from humans is just like obvious. Like whatever you need to do to AI to make utility maximized is just gonna be different because it's not like us. Um, but there's no like fundamental lesson about moral status here that needs to be internalized. Okay, so two things about that. One is like, okay, maybe, but anyway, it's still interesting news that this social institution that we've been running with for a while probably won't work in this case and like actual humans will have to rethink it and their moral views will change. That's still interesting news. Um, that's one thing. Uh, and the other thing is that the utilitarian just does endorse the view I was pushing, which is that you should be skeptical of the objective value uh, or the objective correctness of your views about moral status. Um, the utilitarian thinks that. So like your view that um, people who kill people are like blameworthy or that like you owe people an apology when you break your promise to them. All those views, um, the utilitarian thinks like, yeah, that's not objectively the case. Um, it could easily be the case that uh, you break a promise to somebody and don't owe them an apology if it didn't maximize utility. Right? Um, and in a sense, they're more skeptical because I think like, I say like maintain the content. Think like, yeah, you have an intrinsic like set of rights and just like change your attitude toward like that content, do you know what I mean? Like instead of thinking like, here's this like objective thing that's going on that like we've discovered from Plato's heaven, uh, you have like a right to life. I'm saying like, well you still have like a right to life, like that's still the case, but change your like meta level perception of what it is to attribute that to you. Whereas the utilitarian says like, no, you don't have a right to life. Um, like treating you as if you have a right to life, maximize utility in like some circumstances, so it was good, but you know, 
they just say there's this one moral claim that has objective status, um, and well, whatever. I'm not going to argue about utilitarianism, but it's not obvious. And also, that claim might end up being practically bad uh, as well, and then there'll be pressure to move away from it. Okay, I think that's everything. Look forward to it.